Good evening, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read and Weep Season 4. We are a group of French Legion, French, French Foreign Legion soldiers who accidentally stumbled on perfect opinions about movies, TV, and pop culture. And tonight, we're going to mummy like it's 1999. I'm your host, Alex Falcone, recording today from North Koreatown, Los Angeles. I am joined, as always, uh, he's in Southeast Portland. He's at Anthony Lopez, part two on Twitter. He's impervious to being hanged. It's Anthony Lopez. Um, I was going to make a joke about how uh, you need to be on your best behavior, Alex, because I have a wicker chair sitting right next to me, and I can throw it all the way to you <laughs> and hit you in the back if you come out too hot. But I, I'm not going to make that joke, which no. I did I did kind of make, because I want to know, did you know that Brandon Frazier actually almost died while filming that scene? Whoa. Kerosene? So, Throwing a chair with one hand almost killed no, him? No, the be- being hung scene. Oh, oh the geez. hung scene. I'm oh. The him being, me being impervious to being hung. Um, turns out not the case with Brandon Frazier. He had to be resuscitated the day no. they filmed that because he lost consciousness from being hung. Well, so I don't know how movie magic works, mm-hmm. but could they, couldn't they just not hang him? Because he's a person? Well, that's what they usually do, I think. I don't know what happened. I couldn't find any more details about that. Wow. I just saw that little, like, a piece of trivia about this movie. Um, I mean, who knows how embellished that might be. But yeah, Right. I don't trust fun facts about movies anymore. Yeah. Um, after I, I don't out. think someone almost dying is a fun fact. I, I trust <laughs> serious facts about movies. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't trust any fact, any trivia about a movie. I do not trust anymore now that I found out that the turtle scene was not actually shot on 9-11. Did you guys oh, see that? Oh, oh the, uh, like the oral history piece? Yeah, yeah but so- hey, no, it's... Alex, there's you ever seen Who Shot uh, Liberty Valance? No, it's it's uh, one of those types of things. But the whole the whole, the whole movie about this reporter trying to find out who shot Liberty Valance, and everyone thought it was John Wayne. And then at the end of the movie, Jimmy Stewart admits it wasn't him; it was actually him who shot Liberty Valance, not John Wayne. And the reporter throws the story away, and when he said, "Why did you oh. do that?" He said, because when legend becomes fact, you print the legend. <laughs> and Alex, yeah, that's was... a long way to say, when legend becomes fact, yeah. you say that scene was filmed on 9-11. I agree with you. I think there's some, some came smart to that. But I just want to say, so just to catch everybody up, um, be, was uh, as probably not first reported here, but which was, was at one point reported here by uh, our great guest, Phoebe Bottoms, mm-hmm. um, there's a a piece of trivia about the movie Master of Disguise, where um, there's a it's an important scene where Dana Carvey is pretending to be a turtle in some. He's a turtle. He says turtle a lot. You all know yeah. the turtle scene. The turtle club. He's the turtle club, and he's a turtle. Anyway, and um, there's a there was a fact for going around for a long time that that scene was shot on 9/11, and that they took a brief uh, pause uh, to to think about that before going back to work at, on the turtle scene. And um, great reporting this year from the from Defector.com. That is, uh, according to the director, uh, not even close to true. They started filming several weeks later. You know, they yeah, were not uh, even filming well, during 9-11, so it could not have happened. Here's the thing. Uh, you're telling me that uh, Master of Disguise got Steve Ranazizied? I don't believe it. <laughs> uh, 
I, I think <laughs> we can't have two Vanazizis in a culture. It would be too many. And, I agree with that. Uh, we got with one or the other. And secondly, uh, if you want a good video proof of a filmmaker uh, addressing oh, we a have casting about crew, this. you're talking about the Titanic. Well, no, uh, the in uh, what's the uh, in the abyss? It's yeah, 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 into the James abyss. Yeah, Cam- yeah. James yeah. Cameron documentary that they were underwater and came up and found out 9-11 it's, happened it's, and they it's kept James it Cameron the- and Bill Paxton yeah. emerge in a submarine and then a person on the ship is like, yeah. guys, while you were down there, it's crazy. It's the craziest yeah. part of that movie. It's it's why the terrorists actually did it on that day because they knew Cameron would be <laughs> They had a wide window. He was down there for yeah. a while. but um, Yeah, they anyway, were making sure. I don't, I don't, I did not mean them. for this to be a 9-11 related podcast. We've had too many well, of those this week already, but I did want to just say thanks to Jesse for bringing that story to our attention so we could correct the record because we had been <laughs> passing along that turtle story as if it were true, and I would like to move on to Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend's balls if we can. We have important what? news to can talk about, about us in our new oh. segment. <laughs> Oh, yes. so, oh, you mean something we will also be talking about 20 years from now. <laughs> yes. Um, so we're just going to wrap up with a couple of other small quick news stories now that 9-11 is taken care of. Um, first up, Nikki's cu- Nicki Minaj's cousin's friends, huge balls. So um, I, as both of you, I'm sure, saw yesterday. Nope. Um, you didn't see this. Okay. Well, no, I have no idea what you're talking oh, about. Oh, that's great. But... Okay. So um... is this way, wait, wait, is this one of those Penn Teller's news stories where <laughs> the balls? Will... Yeah. yeah Are you? Having a stroke live so, on the air, just saying this. random this was, words. This was the best thing that happened yesterday. So Nicki Minaj tweeted, uh, my cousin in Trinidad won't get the vaccine because his friend got it and became impotent. His testicles became swollen. His friend was weeks away from getting married. And now the girl called off the wedding. So just pray on it and make sure you're comfortable with your decision. Not bullied. And I, it's been such fun watching because there's been so many other... Um, there's been anti-vax theories for a while, but this one is just nuts and it's crazy balls. And uh, it's so fun uh, because clearly guy just has syphilis and lied about it. But because his friend's cousin is Nicki Minaj, yep. the lie, it, like that's what ha- he had syphilis. Clearly he has syphilis. This is not a vaccine thing. This well, is what I, syphilis does. I but think now everyone real... in the world knows that he's got syphilis, and that's why his wife broke up with him. This fiance. is a real like, um, like uh, when a game of telephone goes wrong. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like it seems like someone was talking about like this vaccine shot, and then like uh, like some new soccer balls he got or something. <laughs> yeah, and then this how is... his wife left him because he wasn't in the soccer instead of american football or something yeah and this went and around then, the circle of third graders for long enough that now it's this yeah i mean that's what it literally sounds like as a sentence it sounds like well something that got lost horribly the, uh, in- the best part was so i did my dramatic reading of it but mm. also tucker carlson did a dramatic reading of it on the air as but like seriously as a like here's another person who feels bullied for not wanting to get the vaccine and hearing him talk about swollen testicles is very funny to me um, it was a great, I don't know how you guys missed this. This was such a fun story for like a 15, 20 minutes. This was bigger than that, than uh, Doja Cat wearing a, a dining room chair for a hat. This, I like, didn't see that, that, but that sounds cool. That was so pretty this great. this is what happens on the internet when I'm like 
doing other stuff, huh? Yeah, as if you didn't have mm. kids, this is the stuff you could focus on. This is really what you're missing out on. You're like, I don't. You, this is a choice you made. You gave away all of this just to just to so, create well, a new life. A real question: Will Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend take care of me when I'm older? <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, you know, he's single. He's got voluptuous nuts and I mean, I don't, that's what you want down. does syphilis actually make your nuts bigger was like Al Capone sitting there fishing in a swimming pool with giant nuts just hanging out of his bathrobe is that what was happening I don't know no one's ever painted device. that picture before um, there are a bunch of uh, things that can cause that um, a lot of uh, different yeah. who uh, wants to google this I mean maybe <laughs> so I you know I, you know, like <laughs> how many times are you gonna start this? I know it's it's difficult. Well, okay. So, if you have a chance, if you're especially a lot of like you know we're like three dudes hanging out and like you know sitting there talking to like dudes about sex is like very cliche and pretty mm-hmm. lame. But mm-hmm. if you ever get a chance to ask your uh, your female friends about the weird fucking dudes they've hooked up with, you'll get some great stories. It's really. A phenomenal way of being like, wow, guys are fucking weird and horrible. Um, um, yeah, I, I no doubt. Um, but I, I think about a lot uh, to a, a friend of mine in my early 20s. We were sitting around drinking and we were ha- talking about like weird sex stories. And she, she told me about this guy she was seeing for a little bit. And the first time they were ever fooling around, uh, as things started to get kind of serious, he goes, wait a minute, hold on, stop, stop, stop. And, like, very kind of casually got up and walked over and got a rubber mallet and was like, I need you just to whack me in the balls with this as hard as you can. He got he, a rubber mallet? Like he had it? Was it in a bag? Or this yeah, was at his house, so he it had was, it lying around? It was at his house, so I think it was, like, next to his bedside table. Sure, of course. went on to explain how he cannot get off without a rubber mallet to the balls over and over again. Uh, and this guy was in his early 20s. Yeah, that's is, early for that. That's so early to be uh, already needing the rubber mallet over and over again. That's like in your 50s, you can get there. By I feel 20- like we have, if there was if there was a listener to this episode, they're gone by now. I feel like we're, we have gone way off of what, somebody clicked on this because they were like, oh, I do love hearing people talk about my friend, Brendan Fraser. Well, I mean, first off, it's they would rather probably hear this than hear whatever horrible thing you have to say about Brendan Fraser's The Mummy. It's true, yeah. If you, and that's then, what I'm saying. If you are thinking about leaving now, this is this was the easy part to get through. Yeah, and first off, uh, you're the one who brought up some stranger's nuts. I tried to personalize it, <laughs> make it about some friend I of mine. I would always rather it be unpersonalized. Yeah. All right, let oh. me tell one more story. I want to get this make it a little bit less gross and a little more interesting for you guys. I'm 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 not positive anymore that you saw this. If you missed Nicki Minaj's friends cousin's friends nuts, maybe you didn't see this. But they're bringing back woolly mammoths. Hell yeah! Did you see this? No, but Tech- I mean. Tech entrepreneur, I, I, I saw a headline on this one. Tech entrepreneur it's, Ben Lamb is helping to fund a, a project by Harvard geneticist George Church to revive the woolly mammoth. The project, called Colossal, aims to create a calf in as little as six years, Church told CNBC. Yeah. Proponents also say rewilding the Arctic with lab-grown woolly mammoths could slow global warming by slowing the melting of the permafrost where methane is currently trapped. So, Anthony... Um, do you have a disgusting story that relates to this? 
Uh, no, but I also feel like this is a headline I have read every four years of my entire life. That's right? probably some, fair. So some, the, the weird thing about this is it's a fully funded tech project, um, but the way they're doing it is they're using um, fairly recent genetic engineering or genetic um, uh, editing techniques to first to take an elephant and just make them more mammoth like which really raises a lot of philosophical questions about whether it's, it's a, just it's throwgain right it's just mammoth yeah, exactly. plus throwgain. Just a, a hairy ass elephant that's why um <laughs> they say it's gonna stop uh, it's gonna slow global warming is because the, their fur will keep the ice cold um follow-up question yeah and and did they stop to think if they should? I, I feel like that's which I was so confident Anthony would take that one, but he let he he passed on that. Let you take it. Um, very strong point. I do not know if they have because I am having a lot of trouble seeing how this is a good idea. I've no, it's read- fine. It's not top of my list, but it's fine. <laughs> well, I mean, I I like the you know the the cyclical nature of this creature at. That was there at the dawn of human civilization. <laughs> human civilization coming back for the end of human civilization. They I were, think that's the like, middle part was boring, but they wanted to make sure they caught the end. They're, well, I just they're think that's invested that's enough very, in us to watch how we end. That's just a very. I think this is a nice thing on oh half. Like, okay, we fucked it up, but we're gonna do one thing. We're gonna put it back exactly how we found it. <laughs> the woolly mammoths. <laughs> Everything else has oh, gone to so shit, funny. but we're going to make sure that they are taken care of. We like are it. truly there are the best of us. We've yeah. always assumed that the movie about Earth would be about humans, but really it's mm. a movie about woolly mammoths, and it ends with two of them sitting there looking over like the last burning city and being like, well, they did fine. No, that was all right. This is great, because you know what this is? I'm pretty sure this is all like... Um, it's just for Ice Age, whatever, six, I guess, which, where we want to be live action. It's viable marketing, the yeah. Easiest yeah. way to do it. I mean, it's going to yeah, save this money. Actually, this is actually, where it's getting to the point where gene editing is so much cheaper than hiring animators, where they're just going to make a woolly mammoth to star in the next movie. Yeah? I'm into that. I would l- I'd rather see a squirrel. Isn't that basically just a squirrel movie and then the rest of it, like a squirrel uh, short well, with like a, a bunch of crap? Squirrel. Yeah, saber-toothed squirrel yeah. short with a bunch of crap in the middle. Yeah, that's most that's of not the wrong. time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've only seen the first one. Anyway, I you know I'd love to see a mammoth, but boy, sometimes people do end up on projects like where the like the title of the project is called Colossal, but it should be called Hubris. And I, it's, it's like it's how did fine. look? It's a come man, on. I just I don't get that. Look, we basically see mammoths. All right, it's just it's just furry elephants. It's not a big deal. I don't. This is like the least <laughs> impressive thing that they could bring back. You know how like yeah. we like bred dogs to have certain like friendliness. We also made their snouts too short, and now they can't breathe. Like mm. all of them, what, some of them, or some of them, we made them all cute and friendly, but then their their uh, hips get terrible dysplasia. Like, what's the thing that hairy elephant like that gene is going to be like? Oh, it controls the hairiness, and also its thirst for human blood. Like, there's going to be something yeah. you can't yeah. just do. I mean, all they're really doing is, you know, creating an opportunity for someone to get crushed by a mammoth, which has been <laughs> not really a thing for a long time. That's a dry so period for mammoths. Back. All right. Um, I think we saved the segment. We have to move on. Um, I'm excited to talk about our homework. It's going to be a doozy. Uh, please, if you got this far, you can get to the next part. It's time for segment two, the homework. 
this week we are talking about The Mummy, the 1999 American oh, film written and directed by Stephen Summers. It's a remake of the 1932 film of the same name and stars Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz. Um, it's 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 another mummy. This is our th- second mummy of this series, and uh, this is so. This is episode four of three of the Dark Universe. This is mm-hmm. our bonus, our Dark Universe bonus episode, where we're going back to revisit the mummy uh, from '99 to see if it's going to tell us anything else we need to know in our final estimations of how to fix the Dark Universe. Wait, should we well, go back to the game after this? What do you mean? Go back and rewatch all the movies? No, like the 1930 whatever. Well. I haven't told you guys this yet, but I did make a little plan in my head. Um, I I would love to watch the 1930s one and talk about it, but I have something else I want to do before that, which is next week. Make a mammoth. (laughs) Next week, we're going to get crushed to death by mammoths just to see if we can. (laughs) Um, No, I think next week we should talk about the Abbott and Costello mummy movie. Because it's come up so many times, and we've bas- we've all said that we love it, but I've never seen it. I just love the idea of it, but I do think that we should watch that to revisit the corny mummy mm. version, the goofy mummy. Well, you know, this this week kind of wrapping up on this project uh, got me sort of thinking about sort of the universal kind of from beginning to the end. And now this was really... Uh, like this dark universe, even though it wasn't like a cinematic universe because those hadn't become in vogue yet, the way Universal has gone back to this apple way more times than I thought. Um, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, one with this, just the Stephen Summers thing between this and Van Helsing, which he made a few years later, he could have crossed those two over and essentially been. What I pitched as a dark universe a few episodes ago with like yep. the 1930 period piece one, um, but I was watching uh, this you this a uh, little like uh, panel thing that uh, the Blank Check uh, podcast was talking about from the 80s. It was a, a universal panel about their you know in the in the 80s they also wanted to reignite the universal monster movies right Dude, it's like everybody so, who gets that job they sit down in the chair and they like they settle down in the desk and then written just like carved in the desk is you must make another monster movie and they were like oh no i promised i wouldn't like there's some sort of curse oh i i mean i think it's kind of like a you know sometimes there's stuff in people's desks they don't clean out like a like a rubik's cube or whatever and it's like huh i bet i could solve this and no one can <laughs> It's it's yeah, like when you get box. when you get the job at the head of Universal, they tell you to write two letters, right? <laughs> one that one that just says monster movies, and another one says try the monster movie thing again. Yeah, um, that's funny. But it was really funny to see that in the eighty because what they did in the like and the way it's gone awry in different ways. So in this eighties panel, it was like this. It's this um, you can find it on YouTube. It's called like Fear on Film. And it has John Carpenter, John Landis, and uh, David Cronenberg, each being like, all right, these are the new future of Universal Monsters. And the three movies were Videodrome, uh, American Werewolf in London, and The Thing. Uh, Two of those movies are just very weird, and one of them was a massive flop in The Thing. And then uh, American Werewolf in London did okay, but that also did not start a brand new period for the Universal Monsters either. I didn't realize that Werewolf in London was part of the classic Universal Monsters, but it is. Yeah, it was like... Werewolf of London was 1935, yeah. 
Yeah, so that was it's funny to also think that like the way all of these are a reaction to this, right? Like the video drone and the thing both being uh such good, especially the thing being such a reviled movie when it came out. You can understand that 10 years, 20 years later, when they're like, uh, why don't we make a fun Indiana Jones version of monsters instead of these dark, moody, weird, metaphorical monster movies that we tried to make in the 80s, you know? Yeah, I mean, it is crazy to pull up a list of Universal Monster movies, like the classic ones, because they made so many of these. I can see why it seemed like, well, what we have to do is just keep coming back to this and coming back to this and coming back. It's like, this is their main thing. Um, oh, it's so interesting. Okay, so maybe maybe we go back and watch the 1932 Boris Karloff mummy. I think that would be totally worth doing. It's very funny. He gets a job. That's my favorite part of that movie um, mm-hmm. is him getting a job. Um, I would also be Oof. interested in any of these other ones because I never saw the 33 Invisible Man or either of the 1931 Dracula movies, which they but, made two of, which is pretty crazy. You know, speaking of getting a job, I have to say one of the things I love about uh, the 1999 Mummy film is that this mummy doesn't get a job, but he is an employer, which I think is good <laughs> for a mummy. He's a job creator. Yeah, he's a job creator. And I think that's good for communities. Especially- <laughs> and great, great poll numbers also. Like all the people. Very popular. Yeah. Yeah. All about it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, you know, he hires people like Benny who can't get a job anywhere else. Unemployable. Um, yeah. just, unemployed Benny. Just a good, a, a good guy, you know. All right. So let me give for people who have not uh, recently seen the Mummy, the 1999 version, uh, starring Brad Fisher and Richard Weiss. Let me give you the patented five point summary. That's the main one. That's what I always do. Point one, mm-hmm. longer point. There are a lot of points mm-hmm. in this one. Okay, so. Previously on The Mummy, way back in cool ancient times, the pharaoh's favorite priest and his favorite girlfriend get together and have his favorite cheating on me sex. And they celebrate by killing the pharaoh and totally getting away with it. But then, in one of the weirdest bank shots of all time, the girlfriend decides her her best move is to kill herself and then have the priest bring her back to life using a book he's got. Obviously, yeah. foolproof plan. Nothing could ever go wrong with let me kill myself and you bring me back instead of me staying alive. But before he can do it, oh. <laughs> Alex, Alex, this is also the boy mammoth's plan, just for the record. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's what they're doing. The, I didn't even make that connection that the geneticists from Harvard were just reading from the big book of death. Yeah, I mean, it's it's how um, the characters in the abyss also get out of that sinking ship. It's true. Right. It's the, Just <laughs> kill me and then bring me back later. It does work occasionally. It, do, it has worked. You know? It just seems it's like on the travel time. It so. does yeah. seem like there's a shorter, there's a better plan. There's a more reliable plan than kill me and then revive me using your um, big book of creepy shit. I don't um, know. This plan is also like, um, it like ha- doesn't really have like a time frame on it. It works over thousands of years as well. So that's pretty well, nice. As she well, does get yeah. immediately half brought back, and it, I can't tell yeah. if she would remember that or not. It's hard to tell. Um, but so she, uh, he, he does. He gets halfway through reading his book of creepy shit, but then uh, oopsie doodle, he gets caught uh, and buried alive with a bunch of flesh eating beetles. So now they're yeah. both dead. Um, which maybe well, that means they're together. Who knows? He about- gets the 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 ultimate punishment for cucking a pharaoh <laughs> is is what they do. 
is they hurt you so bad. They do such horrible things to you yeah. that the universe is like, okay, it's only fair that yes. if you happen to escape, you become a god. That yes. is how horrible what we're going I, to do to you is. And, which, it is so bad. Is the universe's version of a real bank shot uh, where yes. like, everybody in this movie just needs to focus on doing one thing well. Because yeah. uh, there's just so much mission creep. Yeah, so they, so they give him this torture death and uh, it, they just, yeah, the universe has decided it's only fair if you kill somebody this way and they get brought back, they become an invincible virus and plague on society. And, um, you know, if you make a rule like that, someone's going to test it. And that's the yeah. rest of the movie. Cut to a version of 1920s populated exclusively by racist stereotypes. A librarian with really thin 90s eyebrows finds out that there's a guy named Brendan Fraser who's hot but in kind of a dumb way, and he knows where the lost city of Made-Up Town is. So they visit him in jail, and he kiss-assaults her, but like so well that she's really in love with him for the rest of the movie and agrees to uh, go out and hang out with him and go find this town on a long and surely safe adventure. Uh, at the same time, a group of American stereotypes are also visiting Made-Up Town, so there's a weird competition that turns into a series of elaborate accidents during which they accidentally dig up and revive a cursed mm. pharaoh mummy and the, the pharaoh cuck and uh read the exact oh. sentence from the death book that revives him and makes him into an invincible god worm it's like guys just like it's not even like that curse was low down in the book it's like the title oh. page is the thing that revives him although this is also from the original 1930s mummy where like the way they revive him is they like Everyone apparently who's in ancient Egypt, every Egyptologist, sees a piece of paper and is like, I should mumble this out loud near well, the mummy. Well, it's, it's also evil dead rules, right? Like a bunch of teenagers find a book in a basement and they just start reading it out loud, right, even right. though it's a bunch of weird words they've never seen before. This yeah, is yeah, just yeah. Egyptian punked, in my opinion, where it's just like, this was what they were doing at the time. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's just like, pranking. yeah. Man, Egyptian iconography for how kind of misused and reappropriated it has been in, especially Western cinema, it is just so like romantic and so inherently cinematic that it kind of just like sweeps you up in it. You know, <laughs> I, I couldn't if I saw like a big gold book and I was surrounded by all these really ancient old things like i go to disneyland and i get overwhelmed and moved to doing <laughs> stupid things i couldn't imagine being in like a real tomb well but um, i i hate waiting in line so yeah. i would probably get distracted and just be looking on my phone yeah. while everyone else is reviving this mummy yeah that's true well i mean i do well, love that that gag uh like the repeating gag of every time they like get one step closer, the, like, wind flickers all the lighting. Yeah, that was fun. And then right before she reads the book, it happens again, and he's like, that happens here a lot. <laughs> uh, it's a good joke. It's a good joke. A couple good jokes. Joke. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, they revive the mummy, and he starts on his journey to being an invincible god, and he slowly gains strengths and worshippers and okay. some dude's eyes. And, well, um, I, I gotta stop, hate to stop you again, but I've seen this movie a bunch of times that I've never thought about this. Do you think the mummy's eyesight was really bad? Oh, that's right. He had glasses. Because he took a oh, guy, guy who, had, who lost glasses. That's such a good point. And, 
like it's I kept thinking of you know that line in Die Hard when he's like all the bad guys in the world and I have to kill the one with feet smaller than my sister. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think the mummy was like and that's why he thinks Rachel Rice is his girlfriend? Because if he had really <laughs> yes, bad should. eyesight, yeah, yeah, yeah. they, they might look such a same. deal about how bad his eyesight is, then the mummy yeah. just steals his eyes. Yeah, the mummy yeah. definitely I, needs glasses. I, I think he swapped it out for someone else's eyes later. I think it's like it's like um no. It's like one of those video games. No, I want upgrades. him. To, oh, sorry, sorry. I'm no. saying no. Finish your bit. Sorry, go. Yeah, yes, yes. Good. Uh, yeah, no. It's just, it's just like it's a video game with the progressive upgrades, right? Where it's like first you get oh, like yeah. the, the the basic eyes, and then you get like the deluxe eyes. Looking and looking for a loot crate with better eyes in it. No, yeah. it was like whoever touched like it's it was really bad luck on his behalf, and it's kind of why he probably actually lost because the guy <laughs> with really bad sight touched the eye jars. A guy who drinks a lot and has really bad kidneys touched the kidney jar. Oh yeah, and he just. You know, it just really well, so is that bad luck? Everybody, is it know? bad luck, or is it that the universe was like actually our secondary curse is so bad that in fairness we also have to give him crappy eyesight and a bad kidney? The, the first yeah. curse, right? But instead of nerfing the first curse, added yeah. a third layer. I prefer Ezra the idea that he has these eyes and he gets really powerful and then he goes to an optometrist and they're like, "Is it better now or now?" And he's like, number ah. one, number two, number one, <laughs> number two, ah. three. Four. Three? Four again. Uh, like that. Benny, can you tell me what the bottom line there says? <laughs> I can't make it out. Yeah. Okay, so he gets that guy's oh, eyes. Oh, oh, speed. Yeah. That'd be such a good way to get people to read curses also. Right? Oh, he's like, hey, uh, sorry, my eyes are bad. I stole them from this guy. Can you read me the first line in that book? <laughs> Just phonetically? Can't tell you why. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so he's regaining his strength and, and followers. And yeah, so he gets the guy's eyes. And his long-term plan is pretty unclear, um, except that he does see the one woman in the movie and is like, you're my girlfriend now, which everyone else has done to her also. Um, so he force kisses her as well. There's a lot of kiss assault on this librarian lady. Um, and he also unleashes the 10 plagues of Moses for some reason. So they're like bugs and fire rain everywhere and the whiskey turns to blood. Or something. I feel like yeah. you get all ten. Those are definitely like oh, there's yeah, a yeah. whole like it was the, the firstborn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't want to do the firstborn. That one's too gnarly. You want to do the well, fun ones. They didn't rain frogs either. It's just not, the hits. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 also weird that like, now that's what I call plagues volume one. Yeah, that the <laughs> yeah the ten plagues are not like the ten plagues of Egypt. Or like I thought that was like God going out of his way to do something unique to, for Moses. Not like oh yeah, uh, let me, I just have this one set. I, it, you know, you play the hits. Yeah, this is yeah. what works. Yeah, this is just know. from the real book of yeah. uh, classic Egyptian plagues. I, well, do you, do you guys have a favorite plague? Because um, we yeah we didn't oh. see we saw maybe three or four we saw um, we saw locusts and we saw water blood and we saw fire rain. Although fire rain is my favorite one because if you read about it, they're like there's two different translations, and one is fire rain, and the other one is hail. And hail is so much less of a plague than it raining literal fire. And I, it's just the fact that all of our books were like, look, it was either kind of a storm or it was fire falling from the sky. Alex, would it be if it was on your wedding day? Would it be kind of ironic that there's hail? Yeah, I mean, I (laughs) I think it would be. Yeah. I, I think darkness. Like fire rain. <laughs> wedding day. Darkness for three days sounds kind of neat. Uh, that doesn't really I sound mean, like a plague. No, I know that's um, like a. I mean, I guess if you're, it's back before science, and you're like, I don't know what this. Uh, I've never seen a 
a full eclipse before, and it's probably bad. Three so days got would be for multiple days. So I always thought that was kind of a weak plague, which is like darkness happens every day, guys. It's not really a big thing. <laughs> and yeah, I do feel like because he starts with water, like he starts with blood water, and that is the best one. That mm. one is so it's theatrical, it's disgusting, it's got a smell, it's Does also it turn bad for back? That's what I was always wondering about. Oh, do you want to know if these stack or if once you start a next plague, it undoes the earlier mm. plague? Because like that's like that's a big deal, right? Yeah, just, it's, it's, it's well, no, forever? it does turn back because there's water in Egypt. You can right. go to the Nile now, and it's not still blood, so we know it turned back. Okay, we just don't know what the time frame was. But that one was so cool, and then it really feels like after that, he's like he only had one planned, and he's got to like vamp a little bit. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. darkness is not very cool. Hail is not very cool. Like frog, like I like especially going from Blood River to there's just like way more frogs than you're expecting. It's like it's a real step down. Uh, have you guys ever had a boil before? No, it sounds bad. It, it's not fun. I had uh, I got a boil once. I don't know what causes them. Or I just got one. Well, not releasing, sucks. not letting the Jews leave is what causes yeah. it. Yeah, I guess. I don't know how what you get them for, but, uh, you know, not fun. We're not, do not no, do it. No, that one seems really bad. But the one before that is like your cows are sick, which is bad, but it's just like, mm. they're just wildly different levels it's of really, badness. Yeah, it could have mm. used a second pass. I think we can all agree. <laughs> Well, though, I'm telling you, it's this was it, it's it wasn't that it was a pass. This is like all improv. He had one. Yeah. He <laughs> was so proud of water turns to blood that when that didn't work, he was like, "Oh, well, you're yeah. in for it now, Bucko." Because I, I mean, got ten planned, not just well, the one. Not not to be the person who actually read this section, but it's really wild because, like, in the actual like, so you know, uh, in the Torah, like they're like, okay, so. God then hardens uh, Pharaoh's heart. I'm so glad yeah, he, he makes it out of. Yeah, because he makes. He has like he's like, look, I got one banger, obviously, but the other nine, they're all fire, figuratively or literally, and so <laughs> for sure, like yeah, we got to we got to get through all. I'm them. so Sorry, glad Pharaoh. you brought that up. That's the part of this that's the hardest to understand because it's like <laughs> Pharaoh is like immediately like, oh shit, sure. you can go. Uh, oh no 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 no, and then God playing both sides is yeah. like, no, you don't want to let him go that easily. Well, <laughs> don't you want to see if he's got more and then like oh the cows are sick god invented hell right <laughs> like he that's his whole thing is he makes up weird rules and then it's like yeah you gotta follow them why you follow my own rule. That's because a good point, if you yeah. don't you go to the other place i made up i um, i think that let's uh, let's wait. talk about steven summers the mummy oh okay yes. you yeah, started but... this riff you took us out of here um what? let me bring you back um so they kiss assault the librarian some more what else is gonna happen oh, oh. Summary still and then so then uh, let me just wrap it up so the hot guy and the hot lady try to stop the mummy for yeah. a while and it doesn't work but then it and then it does work uh partly because the well, librarian kiss assaults the mummy back and then everything's fine the end well i, I want to say i get who you're talking about when you say hot girl but when you say hot guy, there's a lot of hot guys in this movie. Sorry, I'm not specific uh, enough. Yeah, I mean, the one who's hot but looks dumb—that's the one I mean. Are you uh, thinking about the like the the World War One flying ace? Oh no, yeah. I. <laughs> He's your hot guy. Is that old guy who just really wants to die in a war? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, well, he's I, a great I, little character. Yeah, I thought that it's something I had never noticed about this movie either. About uh, but for like heroes. 
uh, how many people they lose. They literally lose somebody in almost every scene. Yeah. Somebody are, dies. Yeah, it's really uh, tough to survive this movie if you're well, not the main three. And like the, the you other, gotta remember dude, that at any moment they could just read the first line of the book and yeah, you come back as back. a vicious god. But between Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weisz, and Odin Fear, who plays the leader of like the nomadic people who are watching the thing, um, who I didn't wife- even mention because even though it's a cool part of the story that there's like thousands of years of descendants guarding this one tomb, they just don't, and that's why all this happens. Like the first group that ever finds this tomb, and they're like, "All right, look, this is our only mission for three thousand years. This is all our families have been trained to do." We're just going to walk away and give you 24 hours. Well, I mean, yeah. here's the thing. It's beat for beat. It feels like it's like very much Indiana Jones and like, yeah. Oh the, yeah. Yeah. It's, the, it's, the, yeah. The, the, the people are supposed to protect the grail. They failed too. So like, yeah. they, that's what's yeah. got to happen. It's, you just so, it's so directly a ripoff of Indiana Jones that one of them goes bugs. Why does it always have to be bugs? But yeah, I mean, it's Indiana Jones and it was, it's fun, especially after we, re- you know, watched Lawrence of Arabia last year for the podcast. Yeah. And that's certainly a massive influence on that. And I think that's a big part of why uh, I do have such a soft spot for this movie, because it is that sort of that period in film when like special effects and CG were really allowing filmmakers to do really interesting stuff, but they still had to get on a plane and fly somewhere to actually be in a desert, you know? It's not like modern yeah, when yeah. you can just green screen, like the Jungle Cruise movie, which is like 30 years ago, they would have had to actually go to a f- jungle to film yes. at least a scene of that movie. Yeah. Now it's just entirely green screen. I think, my, yeah, because the, the CG still looks kind of silly and but so it, they hide some of the key parts a lot of stuff happens off screen that's like a little too challenging yeah. but then there's a scene where um they knock over a bookcase and it domino rallies 15 other bookcases in a library and i feel confident in one that they take just i think also that. yeah yeah they just built that it's like a youtube <laughs> kid domino thing out of bookshelves and they just did it whereas now that would definitely also be cartoon yeah oh, and the, like yeah. this oh i was gonna say the stuff at the end with the when they're going between sort of cg monsters and people in suits and yeah. it's like cutting between it enough and it, it is enough convincing enough that it is like i think it looks really good definitely some of the effects don't look great but the ones that do uh, definitely look, hold up. I, you know, it's funny. I was reading some other like people writing about this movie, and um, it's funny how some people will say that the CG completely holds up, and other people will be like the CG is laughable and old fashioned. Mm. So I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about it. To me, there are definitely scenes that I thought it looked really silly. I think the mummy walking directly at the camera when he's still gooey is like it looks really cheesy. Um, but yeah. they're but they, I think they were because they knew its limitations more. They were. They hid some of the the work, well, like there's like some shadow stuff instead. Oh yeah, and I, I think mean, that you was can smart. definitely you can feel the restraints and yeah. the the timidness. The problem is that this movie is a huge hit, and everyone says how great it is, and that's how we end up with crazy CG rock scorpion in right. the sequel. Oh right? yeah, like, oh, yeah and I think the sequel they went so over. The sequel does not hold up at all visually Wait, because so the, they the got so cocky. Or the prequel uh, Scorpion King. Well, the the CG or rock the third is sequel in... the Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Yeah. Well, no, I have never saw that one, but the CG rock is in the Mummy Returns. Yes, we watched right? 
Uh, he's in. The no, Scorpion we watched the actual King? Scorpion King. We watched Scorpion well, King. Yeah. yeah, he's in yeah. the Scorpion King, but his, the Rock's first yeah. right, movie yes. was The Mummy Returns. Very briefly, and that's yeah. where he shows up as the horrible, yes. infamously mean to death, uh, horrible CG monster. Right? Yes. Like, but with this movie, because they, you know, they haven't had a huge hit yet, they're really kind of going out on a limb here. I do think the limited effects, especially stuff like I'm always a big fan for like practical effects that you just slightly enhance with CG that I think this movie does pretty well. Um, And then a huge part of it gets by one. I think everyone in this cast is so damn beautiful. My wife (laughs) and I were just sitting there the whole time, especially when you have Odofair uh, Brendan Fraser and Rachel Rice just all on screen together. They're all so good looking and so incredibly, incredibly charismatic. Yeah, um, yeah. I and um and and Kevin O'Connor and Brownface. It's a it's a fun look. Yeah. Um, I I feel like the, as hot as they are, uh, but Brendan and Rachel do a bang up job. They're very charming. And it's not their fault. Everything that happens, I think they are super fun people, and they 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 like. I think they're the main reason this has gotten where it is. It's not the story, and it's certainly not the depictions of uh, Northern Africa and the Middle East, uh, and it's certainly not the portrayal of female characters. It's because those I two mean, are really charming. Well, I would I would argue that. I mean, I don't know how much of a Rachel Rice's character is, but like. For especially this type of genre film as a female lead, like the Ellie is not like she's a she has a lot of agency as a character, right? She is the one actively oh, super doing all disagree. I she I, has some hopes and aspirations, but her whole motivation in this movie is the guy who sexually assaulted me well, is so dreamy that I will follow him anywhere. Well, well no, no, it's that she wanted to be a she likes that she's a librarian and she wants to follow in the footsteps of her parents, right? Yes, yes, and that's, she's that's actively, but then her whole every she's always acting. Oh, but he was so well, dreamy the way he kissed me from prison against my wishes. No, no, she yeah, was she, disgusted. She's wandering no. around bumping into her like, oh, he wasn't even that good of a kiss. It's real no, gross. She's disgusted by that man, and then won over by the beautiful, handsome, clean cut man. He shows up later. She, um, he's, but, she gets saved by a guy four different times. He, she's literally carried around and thrown and locked in a room so as not to be useful in the movie. And the only time she does something important to the plot, she saves Brendan Fraser. By kissing a mummy. Her only agency is that she can kiss people who have already assaulted her. Hold on a second. She also translated like that like Rosetta Stone thingy correctly. Yeah, and she's also the one who gets them there and saves Brendan Fraser's life. Oh, and she does and like the, the the like the on the fly translating with the with her brother, right? Where she's it, like, What's this thing look like? And, and right, yeah. he's she it's, also it's this can't one. stop herself from reading and causes a mummy to be reborn as a vicious god. Yeah, I mean, she, he, she just but she's, she's yeah. literally thrown around and locked in a room. Like she's yeah. a she is a sack of potatoes character to the movie I, for most of the time. I mean, I this I think we'll just kind of have to agree to disagree. My like I said, I I'm just quoting exactly my wife talking about sure. how great of a character she finds Rachel Weisz to be. I think Rachel Weisz does a very good job with it, and yeah. there are moments where they're like, well, oh, we were going to write her as a person, and they're like, ah, oh, no, but it's better to just have her get carried around and Rachel thrown Rachel Weisz does great with everything, but yeah, I mean, I definitely think Stephen Summers is not the greatest screenwriter in the history of movies. He's certainly barely serviceable. Um, uh, you may know but, him also from The Jungle Book. 
um, yeah, which I, also was a strong influence on this movie. These, the these mid nineties Jungle Book, yeah, nineties yes. live action Jungle Book, uh, which GI Joe, uh, the yeah. Mummy Returns, Van Helsing, which that that was actually kind of a big breakthrough for me thinking about this. About I like I I do not like um, the most recent the Mummy movie, right? But I do like this one, and I don't. I know like intellectually kind of where you're coming from with your like of it, because I almost feel the same way about Steven Summers Van Helsing. It's not a good movie. It's a really bad movie, but it has so much shit that I just like, you know, so many ideas that I think are just kind of like fun and interesting and a really good cast that I have a really soft spot in my heart for that movie. Uh, so I haven't I was, seen it. I, I'm interested in it. I did not realize until I looked at this how many Scorpion Kings there were. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that this series had... Uh, I, I knew about The Mummy Returns and Scorpion King. I did not realize that there was the other sequel, um, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor from 2008. Yeah, the one with Jet Li. And then there's also Scorpion King, Scorpion King 2, Rise of a Warrior, Scorpion King 3, Battle for Redemption, Scorpion King 4, Quest for Power, and the Scorpion King Book of Souls. From as recently as 2018, they're still yeah. doing Scorpion King sequels. Yeah, I mean, it's like Starship Troopers sequels, right? Right. They, just <laughs> they, they can do them for super cheap. Yeah. Uh, people buy it enough. It hasn't had a single recognizable actor in the any of them right. besides the first one right uh the rock is no longer there the, even no. the rock's body double is probably not in that film. i mean you one. just you can't no. kill ip i think that's the, that's the real that's the real <laughs> undead right well they what they do is they kill it assuming they can bring it back to life a few years <laughs> later um so i had i had a, definitely had a lot of problems with the way they portrayed rachel weiss's character and uh i think the movie is super racist and really upsetting uh yeah. the way, there's a lot of white actors of course playing middle eastern people there's also just like some really there's just there's a one especially upsetting thing where they're like talking about how disgusting camels are and then they have their main middle eastern ca- uh, character do the same things that they've just described the camel is doing like here's a hilarious joke they are animals is like the joke of that scene um it's real gross and like everything is oh these british people are shiny and clean and smart and look at these dirty people from the middle east that we're dealing with like the racism is really upsetting to me in this but we're mostly here to talk about mummies so let's talk about this gooey eye stealing mummy how do we feel about this story as a mummy story how do we feel about this as taking the monster universal monsters mummy baton what's the mummy doing for you guys I mean, I really love, like I said, I love his mommies out here creating jobs. Yeah, the job creator is great. I, his followers is a good, that's something that yeah, not every mummy movie I, uses, and I do like it. I love, I mean, the guy was already blind, but I love that between the mummy and Benny, they were able to talk this guy into having a meeting oh, with yeah. the sleaziest little rat man in the world, <laughs> and a guy in the spook, this guy they're trying to keep safe, like, gotta keep him locked up, make sure he's safe. Okay, he's sequestered in a room. I do notice on his schedule, uh, he has a meeting with a man in a creepy mask. We didn't <laughs> met that guy at all. We so wild. Him in. Yeah, I I just love that the mummy's like, I got to get him a nice mask. Yeah. I got to get some cool robes. Yeah. And we're going to go meet the guy. And then we're going to put on a little show for him. Yeah. Even though we don't need to. Yeah, even though just, we're just going to kill him. Yeah. We're yeah. going to wait till he serves us tea badly. I think is the thing. Yeah. Favorite. 
Yeah, <laughs> I love pretty fun. I love the idea. I don't know why everyone just like look. I, as somebody who has three cats, I ain't scared of no mummy. Right? I want to <laughs> see. I dare that motherfucker to come up in my house. So I, I, like I got that. cats yeah. everywhere. I do. It's weird because I feel like cats are not always the enemy of mummies. Um, certainly, cats uh, are the enemies of lots of things. Like they'll yeah. let you know. Well, but they also they also give up real easy, you know. Like they really want to kill that ribbon and then do not care at all about the ribbon's existence. I feel mm. like they're bad defenders. Like you can't. I'm like I'm going to take this cat. and I'm going to hold on to it to scare the mummy away. Is a bad plan because you pick the cat up and it'll be like, oh, I'm so happy. I love you so much. Per per per. And then claws out. Let go of me. I hate being touched. Scratch. I run. Think the mummy has some bad allergies though. Which means it's this a much more sustainable plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he just like he has bad eyesight, the nose he stole is allergic to cats. Yeah, there it is. That must be what it is. Um, that was good. That was a good like contradiction to his power, or like like I guess uh, checks and balances. Checks you know, balances. I think that's really fair. Generally, he can control storms. It, like he gets so too powerful too fast. I, well, I like when. Uh, that he, the scene when um, Rachel Vice and Benny just fall out of a storm, seemingly like he didn't even give them any kind of notice. Like, I'm going to carry you in a storm. Right. Like, they were just somewhere, <laughs> then all of a sudden they were in a storm. Yeah. I just think that's that. Talk about a funny rib to do to somebody. A terrifying just, way to travel by dust yeah. storm. Oh, man. that You'd be so. Because, like, I went to the beach a month ago and I'm still finding little pockets of sand in my house. Yeah. Like,. You're gonna if you if you travel by sandstorm, you're gonna be vacuuming. Yeah, I mean, I do like the guy who plays um, the mummy. I, I mostly know him as the he's like the villain in Twenty Four for a while. Mm. Uh, I just he always pops up playing intense bad guys, and he's just a very unique energy. Like he is definitely the type of guy that's like. Oh, you're like a more sinister-looking Billy Zane. I like it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's so it's interesting just... that some people are just—they are just genetically villain face. They are just yeah. there's a person who is like you're never you're you're just not going to be cast as the good guy unless you're a red herring for the bad guy, and it's a surprise that you're not. But like you just look just villainous. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a really interesting guy. This is uh, we were talking Arnold Voslo, Voslo, mm-hmm. um, who's also in uh, such films as Dark Man, and where he mm-hmm. plays the Dark Man. He's also in Dark yeah. Man Two and Dark Man Three. He's in a lot of Stephen Sommers stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. He's in. So is and... the Benny guy. There's like yeah. Summers has got like his favorite people to be in a lot of stuff. Well, also we we talked about him a little bit during a Stargate episode, <gasps> but there's the guy who. Um, Sorry, I just noticed. I have not seen Dark Man. Have you seen Dark Man? I saw uh, it. It was one of those movies I saw when I would go to like movie like movie stores, and I was like too young. I was like, "Can we do this?" And like my dad's like, "Nah." It's that's like the scary. Sam Raimi uh, superhero movie, right? Yes, and yeah, the yeah. villain is it the Dark- Invisible Man type thing. I was always he, curious. Well, he looks. He's a mummy. He's got mummy wraps all over yeah. his face. I just think it's important that we discuss that he is basically a mummy in that. Um, that's all. Anyway, sorry. Go back to work. Wait, it, no, wait, 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 wait. Darkman is based on the Universal Pictures movie monsters while retaining traits of the DC Comics world. It stars Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, you guys have never heard of Darkman? I have no, I, none Sam of this Raimi is all brand movie. new. Brand was, new. 
I forget exactly what the story was, but it's like he wanted to make a superhero movie and they wouldn't let him. So they said, like, fuck it, I'll make my own superhero horror movie. Interesting. Um, but yeah, they, I've never seen any of the sequels. I haven't seen the original in a very long time. But yeah, it's an early Sam yeah. Raimi. Movie. Sam Raimi horror movie, monster Universal Monsters movie, where he's basically a mummy, but also a DC Comics World War II uh, unknown soldier character. Anyway, sorry, sorry, sorry. I got distracted by how mummy-like he looked in this picture. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, can we can we talk about uh, the I don't I don't know if you got this, Alex, but as a uh, <laughs> what did this movie make you f- feel about uh, bugs crawling under your skin? Oh my god! Kid? I was so I guess I, I saw this when it came out. I was like fourteen <laughs> then. I was pretty freaked out by most parts of this movie, yeah. <laughs> including that part. Yeah, kissing girls, yeah. boats. Yeah, I mean the bugs under the skin uh, is definitely a CG that really doesn't hold up, but the image is so strong that it like it still works. It's still like yeah. oh god, it's terrifying. Uh, and I hate bugs. I, mean, I really don't like bugs. No, I don't um, say that. Then there's bugs everywhere. You gotta say it, like I I hate cupcakes, and then cupcakes are everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> I have not. I'm not because I'm not trying to. Um, steal gold from anybody who is cursed i don't think i have to worry about that as much um although although i did say that i hate bugs when i watched this and then then that night i saw a uh, a cockroach in my bathroom in the middle of the night and i and i didn't wasn't able to get rid of him because it was the middle of the night and now i just know he lives here and he's it's very upsetting even thinking about it right now oh i hate it so much Uh, bugs are the worst although i don't understand the beetles okay they say repeatedly they are like really fast fleshy or they're really slow. That was torture. Like they're, they, they torture them for oh. hundreds of years. They're so slow. And then somebody trips and they run over you and you're a skeleton. Mm-hmm. Like these yeah. are like bugs who are like super fast when they're hungry, maybe. But then if they've eaten recently, they can take their time. I don't well, know. No, these, these are bugs. These are called screenplay bugs. They do whatever <laughs> the script needs them to do at this moment. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. There, there's, there's a, um, there's a DP offset who read this book and now he controls them basically yeah <laughs> yeah the way it works is the more pages left in the script the slower they eat <laughs> because they know they have all these pages to go because they're but union when you get bugs. down to the final few pages they yeah. get real hungry they just want to get out of there so many to go you know that makes sense uh, the, yeah for those of you who haven't seen it they're they're, they're beetles that are he's, he's tortured with but then also if you step near them they can just sense you are delicious that so they'll climb and just burrow directly through your leather boot into your body and it'll climb up your body i assume eating its way to your shoulder in two seconds they're very fast bugs and it is it is even though it does look like oh someone just drew up animated a bump on your shoulder it's pretty gross i i mean wait here's the thing we assumed this was the same bug but we don't really recognize bugs that well, right? Yeah, could have been. Could we could be talking about four different bugs? And well, also because the one who eats the way into his foot initially was frozen in gold for three thousand yeah. years, so it was very hungry. Mm-hmm. That's a three. Like, well, I, you if don't I, have to if eat I don't the whole. Eat meat, if I don't eat till one p.m., I get pretty grumpy. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, but I mean, you don't have to eat the whole person to kill a person, right? No, you know. I mean, he, he didn't so even so kill that guy. I have no idea how much of a person you need to eat to kill them. Just one. Look, if you know that, that's the creepy thing. 
I yeah, mean, I mean, those are the people this, you don't trust. The people who have a quick answer for that question. Yeah, I mean, this this is a movie that has a lot of good lessons in it about like <laughs> even if it is bug shaped, but you think it's not a bug, it might still be a bug. That's yeah. a very important lesson. It's a to super learn. important Actually, lesson. Yeah, can we do the, the um, I, what I learned from this movie because I got a couple lessons also. Yeah, as well. let's do it. Oh yeah, uh, I mean, I got another one right here. Yeah. Uh, one bag of treasure is usually enough yes, bags of treasure. <laughs> you don't need to go back for a second and third helping of treasure. Yeah, what just is... invest, invest the treasure wisely, and then you don't yeah. have to yeah. get crushed. I, yeah, I exactly. Just... The, well, really, just one big one piece of treasure. <clears throat> the, the real lesson, the only person I think who survives with treasure is Brendan Fraser, who has a golden sword. So the key is if you have treasure Ooh. that's also useful. Well, they leave with them all that treasure yeah, at the end. The they got loaded up with treasure. Yeah. Oh, I just remember you know, the sword. They also had treasure. No, yeah, it was, it's yeah. the Benny's treasure. That's the thing. Is oh, Benny? You know, Benny would rather have two oh. things of treasure in in you know better to have one thing of treasure in hand than two in the next. Wait, right. So remember yes. City yes. Slickers two slash Mummy two Benny's treasure. Yeah. <laughs> the cur- the search for Benny's gold. Yes. <laughs> I did not catch that those saddlebags were the ones that he put on the uh, oh, yeah. crushing lever. The line is also Alex. You should get that checked out. Yeah. Boy, uh, I was so bored by the end of this movie. Um, I was not paying the most attention. I did figure out, though, that my um, uh, my receiver has the ability, has a, has a function called turn up dialogue, which I've, is like exactly what I've been missing from the world. Right. And I was so excited to find that out. Um, yeah. Anyway, I was reading a little you know, bit. You want a, another good lesson yeah, that please, a lot lessons, of movies teach you, but this one uh, reinforces. Never go on any kind of an adventure with Jonathan Hyde. He's <laughs> the actor, the British actor who has the little fez in this movie. Yeah, yeah. But Jonathan Hyde, a great actor, fantastic, fantastic and everything. But the main things I think he's in is like this, Titanic, <laughs> uh, uh, Anaconda, Oh, uh, no. Jumanji, uh, Richie Rich. Basically, the point is, if this guy's going with you on an adventure, something horrible is going to happen. Yeah. So that's, if you see him lesson. waiting for you on the plane, you get off that plane. That's all I'm saying. Well, that's such an interesting. Sorry to go back and say that's a good point about thinking of other movies they've been in involved with because Stephen Summers also made The Jungle Book, and the like. The premise of that is leave the treasure behind or you'll get crushed by this temple. So clearly Steven's main thing he wants to get across as an artist is that you don't need that many bags of treasure. Yeah. Just I don't mean, carry too don't. much treasure. It's not your treasure. I, I mean, I'll, I'll go the same thing on the curses side. I mean, I think just like, just curse a little bit. Don't curse all the way. Right. Oh, you so mean like the ancient this, Egyptians. They, yeah, exactly. They got, they got real greedy with cursing this guy. Right. Cause mm-hmm. here's the thing. It was like, they, 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 this was the worst curse they could come up with. If you just do a slightly better curse than that, he wouldn't have come back. Yeah. yeah even if they just like did like normal jail, he wouldn't have come back. It's so many yeah. better ways. Yeah. Like the cursing and be yeah, maybe maybe any kind of cursing. You're like, just let him just let him be, you know, he he he, he can be punished like a normal person. It's it's just basically short sighted. I think it's like you think about your uh, overall your net gain of curse, I guess really what it should mm-hmm. do, should have done, not just the initial burst of curse. Right. And like if you think over lifetime Yes, absolutely. This is like a hundred percent curse uh, there, but it's also maybe like a I don't know five percent chance of curse back, right? Mm-hmm. And right. so there's a blowback curse. Well, so but yeah. maybe maybe though because they aren't you know they've been dead for three thousand years when this happened, 
So maybe they were like, look, it's worth it to just curse him so bad now. We'll be long gone by the time he becomes yeah, a god. But they also set up a whole secret society just for this reason. Mm. And I think that's, unless they really yeah. like hanging out, that feels like a waste. It does you know? feel like a waste. Yeah. That's, I mm. mean, especially because they don't do anything as soon as they're challenged, they give up. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's just. Uh, just taking kids and making them fight old men's wars. You know, it's just what we do as a society. Well, I mean, that it's could just... explain why they're so bad at protecting it is because it's been 3000 years mm-hmm. and no one's ever found this tomb that they might like, I don't know if we even have to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. This might be, yeah, this dad's thing. I don't care about this at all. I want to be a dancer. You know, maybe that's why he was doing you know, it. No, it just go through a lot of cycles over those 3000 years. And it's eventually be like, you know what? What's cool. No one's done anything for a while. Let's try defending this mummy. Yeah, and, right? it just, and it's like, no, man, stop. Leave that. Leave that mummy stuff behind. And just they cut on the right moment to have someone defending the moment. It's mummy, like but not low very rise well. jeans. It's just <laughs> always like, up and down. Yeah, it's like 30 years. Every 30 years. Like, oh, you know what? It's cool now to be uh, protecting this, this secret <laughs> tomb. Uh, but then your you know, kid's like, Ugh, I'm, there's no way I'm protecting this tomb. That's what mom th- does. This isn't um, a lesson, but as much as just um, a sad reminder. Do you remember when Americans loving guns was a joke we all kind of liked and wasn't like <laughs> a reality that is it just probably, way too sad? It probably was um, pretty sad in 99, too, if we'd been paying attention, but I wasn't. Uh, I mean, but it's not in the same worse. way. No, yeah, just not at all in the same way. But yeah, it's like, oh yeah, this, yeah, oh damn Americans, we love our weapons. Uh, yeah, it's great, good, good stuff. Right just there. hilarious. Yeah. Um, so the last order of business uh, is to put this in the context of our dark universes. So, Oof. how does this affect our plans? Do you? I- So I'm not against the Indiana Jones swashbuckling style. And I think if you did a good version of Indiana Jones like this, that that was just like, well, I mean, Indiana Jones does plenty of racist stuff too. But like, if you could clean that stuff up in your next version, I could get more into that. Um, Well, I mean, this is something I, you know, I referenced a few episodes ago about like this movie, right? If this had been, clean up some of those rough edges, have a a 1930s mummy adventure with Tom Cruise, and at the end, he knows mummies and magic is real and has to team up with Van Helsing because Van Helsing needs a mummy expert, right? That's a crossover universe I would be excited. A bunch of, like, Indiana Jones-style adventure movies with a great cast that takes place in a period we don't really see. I would love that I would actually be excited for that universe. That would be fun. It is still, I think, a little hard for me to be excited with the good guy being stealing Egypt's treasure. Well, yeah, I'm saying like, clean off some of those edges. If yeah, yeah, to like, do that, like you know? Indiana Jones yeah. is always like, I want it in a museum, but he still well, mostly wants it in his museum. But, I mean, like, well, I, but there's Nazis, all right? Look, you, yeah. anyone who's, who's anti-Nazi has got to be the good guy, right? And I would argue that sure. with this, if any, it's funny that it kind of bugs you more with this, where I think they're even more justified in this rather than the Tom Cruise mummy when he's just straight up like, yeah, I'm a thief who robs cultures. And that's like the well, that's what Brendan Fraser to is too. But he's doing it to um, sleep with this lady. But he's well, mo- like up until that point, and her brother is like, "I steal from cultures." Like <laughs> they're still doing a lot of that. I don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's the main. Pro- I mean, Tom Cruise is the main problem with that m- movie. 
is that that character could be fixed a little bit and the rest of it. But the here, so here's what I keep coming back to is like the movie is not called the guy who shoots the mummy and has sex with Rachel Weisz. It's like, Oh, we should have called it that. I, I mean, know. I'd watch a, that movie. It's a tempting, it's a very tempting <laughs> title. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's just called the life of Daniel Craig. Right? <laughs> Daniel Craig yeah. always shooting mummies. And sleeping with Rachel Weisz. I know, that's like hard. what he does. You the know? point is. The gig. It's good work if you can get it. Let me tell you. <laughs> the, but the point is, it's called the mummy and the mummy's always a piece of shit. So I see why I like the same thing they did with the Invisible Man. I see why they did with the Tom Cruise one. We we're gonna make him a mummy, but good. It, they it's a little stupid how it goes down, but like it's called the Mummy, and I don't want the end result to be the best mummy hunter hangs out with these other hunters. I like I want the Mummy to be involved. I Wait. want this is all I'm saying. I want a Star Wars style. The, at the last minute, the mummy like pulls off his wrappings and is like, "I love you, and I'm not evil anymore. I'm sorry I did all of this." I, I want. Think we have a lot of movies where the main title thing is like the bad person, right? Like in in like Anaconda, like Anaconda at the end didn't become good, or right? No, okay, so I'm not that's saying that's in Anaconda Three. That is, <laughs> you know, I'm not saying you have to do that. Although I do think the Anaconda is secretly the hero of that movie, but I. I <laughs> He's just trying to protect his little baby. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but I haven't actually seen Anaconda. But anyway, my but my point is, I want that in this movie. And mm. as I feel like, as someone who has co-written a book about mummies, um, and that's uh, obviously Unwrap My Heart, available on Amazon.com um, and other fine book retailers, still still available weirdly still available um, just got an email today that someone bought it on Apple this mm. week so that was what they shouldn't have you can't stop them um, that's true it's it's got a life of its own now IP goes on forever yeah the book is cursed right. so the the point is uh, we have to like I want like I just want us to take one swing here at the end of this mm. about making a movie where like about mummies that is like better to the mummies that's what I want I want like what is the movie that's better to mummies so I'll, I'll start with something because one of the keys to all of these mummy movies is their like the the universal mummies the thing they've like been married to since this first one in the 30s is like the mummy wants to bring back their partner who was also a mummy and they want to revive them and have which is which I totally get partner for life sounds fun the but what what if what if the mummy bad mummy ooh or um he brings his girlfriend back to life and then she's like you know i've had kind of a long time to think about this and i regret murdering the pharaoh and i don't want to be bad what if she comes back she is good her and brendan fraser have a relationship and then join the van helsing group does evie become bad then Right. We, I mean, I guess I was forgetting about Evie in the story. Um, no, I think he just like they just decided that actually relationship is not good for them. They weren't. Oh, okay, that's fair. She needs a smarter partner who doesn't just kiss people without their oh, permission. Oh, how about they do with the tattoos then? Oh, the yeah, tattoos? yeah. She's with the hmm. tattoo guy. That's great. Um, the protector. They actually have more in common. They both love Egypt. Um, neither of them are thieves. They protect things. Yeah, librarian. He's basically a librarian of living uh, corpses. So it makes perfect <laughs> sense. Good, um, good, good. 
um but but uh yeah like what about what about the 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 partner that comes back to life has an interesting moral system it's i mean in the one of my favorite lines that i have not been able to stop thinking about since we rewatched tom cruise's the mummy was the mummy going it was a different time (laughs) so like hearing the mummy say excuse the thing (laughs) i mean but using that excuse it's just i would love to see like hey you know what I look. I I'm not gonna lie. I knew killing was wrong then, like it was wrong now. <laughs> but I just everyone was doing it. it. All my favorite albums were talking talking about it, and I thought it was something I could I do. I love that. It was a different uh, time. Is the is the I think the founding principle of this movie, yeah. and that and she and you know she can say like, look, I'm not saying that I'm gonna beat myself up about it forever. I spent the first thousand years of death being being mad at myself for doing something I knew was wrong. But then I realized, yeah, I was a victim of certain circumstances, but I've grown a lot. And because he is born, the mummy in this movie and in all these movies is born and is like, pick up right where I left off, killing people and trying to be a god. Wait, no, this is great. No, I'm, I'm totally with it. So like, I think the fun thing is we take that anti-evil serum that, mm-hmm. uh, that, that, like that, uh, that, that uh, Jekyll and Hyde have Right. Oh yeah, yeah, the one that keeps him. And you just Jekyll. start shooting all the monsters with it, and so you get like the. Oh, you turn like, it into you, a dart gun. Yeah, right. So, and then there's all the they all like kind of like you get a little all like less. boring business mummies. Yeah, well, you know, just like the, they're they they've been alive forever, but yep. they're not super evil anymore unless it starts to wear off and they get evil again. Right, right. I like this okay. a lot. Have you ever seen? Has anyone ever seen Bubba Hotep? I have uh, not. Uh, um. A Bruce Campbell, yeah, Ozzy Davis, yeah, yeah, Don Carroll movie. It's, it's also a mummy movie about. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's about a uh, mummy and a black uh, Elvis, Elvis and a black JFK in a retirement home in Texas who take on um, a mummy. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen it in a long time. I, I don't remember if it's good or not, but I liked it a lot when I saw it. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I do, I do quite enjoy Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Um, wow, I didn't know that was a mummy thing. Yeah, it's a mummy in a uh, in a uh, a mu- uh, and it deals with home. the movie de- deals with deeper theme of aging and growing old in a culture that only values the young, which is what yeah. I want. We talked about this last week. I want this movie mm. to be about something and yeah. about it can be about aging. It can be about bringing things back. It can be about um, making overly complicated plans with your lover. It can be about colonialism, but it's I just mean, gotta be about I, something. I just think of a uh, Boba Hotep as, you know, Elvis's fa- like favorite meal was peanut butter or banana sandwiches. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, with in drugged. the movie, he just constantly measures things in peanut butters and banana sandwiches. Mm. He just references it's like four peanut butter and banana sandwiches. Oh, I like that. <laughs> and a I lot. think about that constantly. Uh, just, <laughs> just eating so many peanut butter and banana sandwiches that it becomes like your scale, uh, which you measure things. That by. does sound pretty fun. Um, yeah. I, I'm open to it. I think we've made some progress here. I think if we were going to universe this up, I still don't want to see this world. I still don't. I mm. Oh, and you know what else? Not that we're settling scores. It does not matter. But I did just want to point out um, that we had that uh, correction from a listener last week, I want to say, um, that uh, claimed that the kiss stealing the person's life was from this movie, was stolen from the Brendan Fraser mummy. And it is very different. 
he takes somebody's eyes and implants them in himself. Oh no, no, but there's other ones though. Also, like, but there's it, a he lot never, of we, he never gains their power through well, kissing them on I, the mouth. Is that in the sequel when there's a female mummy? There might be, but the this it's, movie never has anyone kiss somebody and then I, grow stronger I, from it. I feel like we actually kind of we do need to kind of end on that. I want to talk about specifically your relationship with this movie compared to the uh, 2017 Mummy, and especially since this film, which was you know, certainly a huge hit when it came out, I think kind of got washed away in a lot of the films that sort of ripped it off, and Stephen Summers' rest of his kind of mediocre career, especially last of his few last films kind of souring what came before it. But this movie has certainly been... Uh, re-evaluated as a culture the last, like, ten years very heavily, right? The Mummy starring Brandon Fraser is a great film. It's a very popular t-shirt I see a lot, right? Like, it is it is like a meme how great this movie is. And as somebody who is so anti this movie, and has, to be fair, I will give you this, you have been anti this movie before it was trendy to like this movie. <laughs> so I don't think that you're just writing... Uh, a contrarian wave, which I think you can definitely get on sometimes here. But no, what's it been a, like? This is a great question. So um, I think I am done telling people when they ask for a controversial movie take, saying that I think the uh, the t- more recent Tom Cruise mummy is better than Brendan Fraser mummy. I don't think that's the thing I'm going to say anymore, mostly because on second watch, I liked the Tom Cruise one less but I did have a rollicking good time when I saw it. But this, it's interesting because the thing I didn't like about it when it came out, which was like just like the dumb hot guy power of Brendan Fraser, I kind of love now. Um, I and and certainly Brendan Fraser is, you know, I've re- I know more about him now. I know what he's he went through in the industry and the, the terrible things that happened to him and how he's fought back and gotten back into acting now. I, Brendan Fraser seems like top tier good dude. Really like him. Yeah. It, when I was watching this at the time, like I couldn't not see George of the Jungle, like that kind of character is was just not fun for me as a teenage boy. But now I, I think him and Rachel like are like the basic the thing that people really like about this movie. It was saved oh. by them. I think the story is bad, and I think the racism and sexism are what I dislike now that I didn't notice at the time and wouldn't have cared about. So it's funny. I actually I have so much more disdain for it today than I did yesterday and for completely different reasons. Before it was just like, yeah, I don't like anything super popular with hot people. Like it just seems boring. And now and it's and you like even your in your setup to this question was like in all the movies that were ripping this movie off, the movie just feels like such an Indiana Jones ripoff that it doesn't feel like it's adding anything exciting or fun. It feels like just as craven as the dark universe stuff that Universal did later, where they were like, this movie worked. This is what we're going to do. We're going to force this story onto it. We're going to not care about all the people that we step on on the mm. way. And we're going it, to, but it's carried by good acting. And mm. frankly, if Tom Cruise was good in the Tom Cruise mummy, it would be a better movie if he had any charm at all. Like the thing that Brendan Fraser exudes constantly is the thing that is most missing from Tom Cruise's performance. I mean, I think that as far as Indiana Jones ripoffs go, which is definitely, I mean, another one of those. It's a like, genre, you know, there yeah. are films before and after Indiana Jones. They created genre. I do think that this is the Mummy, the 1999 one, up there with like the first Pirates movie 
which I've also talked about how mm-hmm. I'm a very big fan of that first one, are probably two of the best to, like, just rip off uh, that movie and adapt it to, like, you know. And also, like, I don't know, especially, like, having just finally seen Lawrence of Arabia for the first time, it adds a respect to, like, something else that, you know, like, it's funny, I leaned over to my wife last night and I was like, yeah, they don't make movies like this anymore. And, like, one, <laughs> they literally don't make movies like this anymore. Like, they don't sure. actually go places and spend time right, on, right, right. you know, real locations and sets. But they also don't make kind of unpretentious, really not trying to be a franchise like it later became one. There's like 17 but- of these movies, yeah. But, like, at the time, it's like they were just interested in making, like, a fun little adventure movie, right? And I think it, it gets by on a lot of charm, and uh, I, I don't know. I like Ez, it. Ez, where did you feel about this? Uh, so this one, I I didn't like it that much when I saw it, when it came out, because I thought it was too scary. Uh, I did not watch <laughs> a lot of stuff like that. And I, I loved Indiana Jones. Speaking of which, was there I any reason more... why you weren't able to join us last week for The Invisible Man? Uh, yeah, that's way too scary. Also, I was overscheduled. <laughs> Uh, also, maybe I was there the whole time. Oh, um, good point. I didn't even think of that. You were the yeah. what, what's the silent man, the audioly yeah. invisible. Yeah. Anyway, uh, sorry. Oh, and, and sorry. I, yeah, Anthony, super super hype still for uh, for Matrix Four. Okay. Um, oh hell yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. But but yeah. No. I. So I. I, I thought it was too scary at the time, kind of, because uh, that wasn't really the style of stuff I was into as much. But I loved Indiana Jones. Um, right. And. And I did like, you know, Brendan Fraser, like legitimately, I mean, I liked George of the Jungle I, um, and uh, Airheads, I think also I, I was uh, yeah. as well. Um, I don't know, just, just, uh, but, but yeah, like I think this was one of those things where I didn't realize how much of it I remembered. Like, I don't think I've seen it that many times, yeah. uh, but like it just, like, there's a lot of moments where like, oh yeah, that, that, and that. And I could like remember some of the lines. Um, and I remember liking the, you know, like, Liking well enough, I guess the second one, and and then really having a fun time with, um, yeah, Scorpion King. So I, I think it's like all, it's all like fairly positive in, in my in my mind on the on the whole. Mm. It's um, I'm looking at I looked up Indiana Jones ripoffs, and this is definitely I think one of the better ones uh, <laughs> for sure. Um, so it's it's, um, it's 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 head and shoulders above Sahara. Well, so I, <laughs> I guess the way I feel then is that my favorite version. Like, here's the thing. Like, the thing about Tom Cruise is, like, a surprising, funny, contrarian take. But if I say the way I genuinely feel right now, which is that my favorite version of The Mummy is the 1932 Boris Karloff one, that's even more insufferable somehow. At least with Tom Cruise, you're like, you're, what, weird? But if I say that it's the Mm. 30s one, you're you're like, okay, well, I'm done with you. Maybe you'll like the Abbott and Costello the best. I'm hoping I do. put this to bed. I, that could really that would because that would be a fun weird take like my the only true mummy movie is the Abbott and Costello mummy yeah, movie I think that's look that's just gonna have to be your take like I don't care if that, you believe it's it or not so that's much just your more take tolerable now. yeah mm. um yeah. we've worked yeah. it yeah so I this has nothing to do with anything but can I just say I have not seen Airheads in a very long time uh I loved that movie growing up but yeah. I can also not imagine a movie. I'd be more terrified to watch nowadays <laughs> just because I bet there's a lot of things in that movie that do not yeah. hold up well. Maybe it's super progressive and great and awesome. I don't know. But for comedies from 1994 about alternative guys, I doubt it's very good. Nope. Um, not good. I but can't I mean, imagine. also, hey, he made uh, Blast from the Past, which will oh, yeah. always be 
and close in my heart as a a great great movie yeah encino man i i it was it was also man he played he sure did play a guy with great muscles and no and like a bad personality over and over and over again but also if you ever saw if anyone ever watched like scrubs a lot uh he had a really fantastic like guest arc on that oh did he that's awesome so good i thought yeah, I mean, I I do like I said I like him, and I've I, I hope he does. It, like, he, it seems like he's making a, uh, um, a a cool return right now and getting reappraised, and I am glad to see all of them. Oh um, yeah, I mean, he got he had a horrible thing happen to him, yeah, and I'm really glad that he has you know we've come around on him. Yeah, um, I think that is very very good, and I do like seeing somebody you know an actor who like played dumb characters as a as a young person and now playing like really interesting uh nuanced characters that's a yeah that's a super interesting way to yeah. go and i, I look mean forward it's to that it. you know that matthew mcconaughey you know starting out playing dumb stoners and growing yeah. into yeah you know this like more yeah, interesting guy cool you get a lot of actors like that you know yeah but the downside is in order to get all of that that second act you had to die and be resurrected first. It was just, it's just yeah. so much work. But I mean, I, I think, you know, I'd rather die in like, and be resurrected the Matthew McConaughey way, which is like his dying was not caring and just doing a bunch of shitty rom-coms and getting paid millions of dollars. <laughs> for like a Losing the respect of every film critic in the world as a, a one note rom-com actor. And then being like, <laughs> all right, it's time for me to prove I'm real. And then coming <laughs> back and winning an Oscar a few years later. I mean, it's that's yeah. that's the crazy career path we can all only dream of. Yeah, it does seem like it seems like not a bad life. Um, that was a lazy joke that I made, but you said something kind of fun to yeah. make up for it. And I wish there was something better. But this is the problem with these evening recordings is at the end, I just want to give up. I'm done. I'm not funny anymore. It's too late. Yeah. Well, it's all right, Alex. Death is only the beginning. <laughs> It's good enough for me. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Next week, part five of our three-part series about Universal Monsters. We're going to be watching the Abbott and Costello Mummy. Abbott and Costello Meet the Mummy, I think is what it's called. Um, Abbott and Costello Eat the Mummy? Oh, I hope they don't. Although, that was popular um, for a time. Um, people did a lot of real gross stuff with mummies. They, they made paint with it, but there's also, like, mummy pills. It was supposed to be, like, made you more virulent. Um which really, maybe we should maybe that's what uh, accidentally caused uh, Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend's balls to get huge. Is uh, Abby, Abbott and Costello eat the mummy's ass? Is my new porn parody. Um, <laughs> it's a little bit too late, but um, I think that's it's gonna be retro porn parody. So we're gonna shoot them in black and white. It's gonna be awesome. Oh man, uh, that is a is a great idea. Um, Wow, that's where the money is. Um, apparently, the movie one of the stars of this movie is Peggy King, and I bet you could definitely find a mm. porn parody name there. Yeah, Pick me, comma yeah, King, Peg me, me King, and then also yeah. a butt and Costello. Yeah, uh, um, the Bride of Frankenstein cucks Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, wait, is this your dark universe where it's just? Yeah. 
just my poor. Oh dark man! Universe. Oh, the the adult the adult dark universe. Don't no. After, oh, after dark universe. Yeah, yeah the after Thank dark you. universe. There you go. The after dark universe is our one gift to society. Um, I don't. I don't want this the to mummy, be my well, legacy. But, but as you already know, it's going to be about hardcore bandage. You know, mm. we're going to make that version. Mm. Uh, all right. Uh, well, listen to us as we talk more about the after dark universe next week as we wrap the series up probably unless we add one more to it um if you have any feedback for us if you got mm. this far even just tell me you did email us podcast at readdustweep.com really sorry for the first segment of the show and uh we really appreciate it. especially all of our meat buddies who for some reason have chosen to live their lives knowing they are the reason why the show keeps happening you can join them by going to metreon.com and at least spread the shame around thank you as always for being here Emma Hotez <laughs> happy to be here and Anthony it's great chatting with you as always a lot of fun I'll talk to everybody next week goodbye bye bye bye